Good evening. Welcome to the 12th Man Podcast after a, a very busy, busy Easter schedule for the Borough. Two games, lots of miles, lots of drink, lots of fun, and only one point. That's the down bit. But we'll go through everything. We'll talk about it. We'll dissect it. We'll, um, yeah, we'll go through everything and um, then we'll talk about... Yeah, we'll talk about the bits and stuff. I'll let you know in a minute. So we've got me, Steve Jackson. I'm in the main chair, um, as usual. We've got Mr. John Donovan with me, um, the culprit of my no- naughty voice. Evening, JD. Evening. Why am I the culprit? You, you, you told me to go to Bristol, so I went. So. No, no, no. Listen, I organise it. I send out test texts. <laughs> and um, yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> This is a good start, isn't it? Uh, I send out the texts and people reply, and uh, what was, what was I didn't, my, I didn't twist your, I didn't, I didn't uh, twist your arm, mate. Someone did, um, but you all right? I'm good. I'm good. I'm tired, and I'm good. Good. You can go back on me now. Uh, right, got Mister John Cut with us. Even Cut. Evening, gentlemen. How are we doing? Up his toes, but I'm all right. Are you all right? I'm all good, pal. All the better for seeing you three. I must have a filter on. Um, happy days. Um, and we got um, Mr. Steve Dixon, even Diggo. Even fellas, you all right? I'm good, mate. Are you had better Easter's, but you know, did you not get an Easter egg? I got no Easter eggs, the borough weren't exactly uh brilliant, and I ended up having to jet wash the patio, so that was my Easter. <laughs> forget forget the podcast. Why did you jet watch the patio? Uh that's the wife. I was in the, I got under pressure off the wife to do it. Job I'd promised I was gonna do. So there you go. They, they couldn't have got any worse this weekend, so I just done it. Was there you go. Under pressure, so you high pressure did. That's right, I oh, <laughs> begins, so it begins, right. Yes. Yeah, right then, we're going to talk. We're going to talk about talk about Easter. Uh, we'll talk about Burnley, who subsequently were promoted Friday night. Um, congrats to them. Vincent Company in the team, best team in the league by a long way. Um, and um, can't stand their fans, so it'd be good to see the back of them. Um, we'll talk Bristol City. Um, yes, long weekend in Bristol. Superb scene. I go back. I, I go back in a heartbeat. But lower your prices. And um, we'll talk about EFL awards. We've got four awards up for grabs. Um, top showing five. Michael Carrick's the manager, apparently. <laughs> um, yes, we've got manager, player, young player, and what's the other one? Diversity. Diversity. I was going to say club of the year, but the best club anyway. So. No contest. And then we'll talk Norwich, which all of a sudden is turning to a bigger game than it should be because they're in the uh, obviously they're in the playoff mix. Only six is it six points behind us. Not away. Not away. There we go. Yeah. Six points behind us and um, yeah. Dare not lose Friday but we'll, we'll, we'll go up to it. We'll preview all that. Um, Jacko, so, Jacko, where's your where's your prep sheet? It's still my hotel room in Bristol. 
Yeah, probably. I know. I've been yeah. twitching those two, two, three was the place to be. That's all I'm saying. But uh, <laughs> um, I'll start with you then, JD. Burnley Friday night. There was only one big talking point for me. No Dale Fry again. Is there a bigger problem here? Because I w- there's no injury problems being reported. There's no issues in the press conferences, like like Carrick's not saying, uh, I'm having to leave him out, I'm having to do this, that or the other. Is there an issue there? I, I hope not. Uh, I don't think so. Um, I mean, yeah, it's a strange one because just judging by results alone, the pairing of uh, Lenahan and um, Fry have led to uh, more favourable results for us. You know, the, the, the points tally under them um, mm-hmm. when they play together it is better um, than than when it's uh, not Fry, when it's anybody else. Uh, other than Fry, so I'm I'm hoping there's there's sort of nothing untoward going on. But um, yeah, if we can if, if we can get him back into the team, uh, it might help steady the ship because we have had a little bit of um, a, a little bit of uncertainty in defence over the last few games. Do you, do you think it affects the confidence of uh, Lenahan? It's part of the changing. Um... Most weeks, going from Friday to McNair to Fry, and so well, on. It, I, I think I think it must affect his um, his game insofar as him and him and Fry had had a far better understanding of where each other are going to be than than it appears that him and um, McNair have. So I think yes, it, it'll affect his game. I don't know about his confidence, but. It, the the uncertainty of of where um his partner might be um it, it it's evidently and obviously led to a little bit of um uncertainty in our defence generally because you know we've looked shaky last few games yeah I agree with that uh, yeah it's been a yeah I mean but we'll we'll go in the two games obviously with with there and Lederhand at the back but um Kurt, I'll come to you. One player, another player that missed out was um, Marcus Force. Was that justified or was it a bit harsh? Uh, <clears throat> I don't think it's as controversial as, as the centre-back pairing for me because we've got players that have played as well as Force. Force has done really well. So for me, when he mixes that about a little bit, I'm not as bothered, apart from McGree, which obviously happened yesterday. Um but with regard to force, I don't mind them changing changing them players about the front three so much, apart from Akpom. But it's it's the centre centre half pairing, like you say. It's, it's a little bit weird with us being on a bit of a bad run. Said for a couple of weeks, you know what I say. If if you're in form, you play. Paddy's not been the best the last couple of weeks. So I am I am surprised Fry hasn't started. And I think I know we'll go into it more later. But the first goal yesterday, I think if that was Lenahan running towards the ball instead of McNair. Uh, the ball would have ended up in Rose Ed and he'd have absolutely went through him. But I think McNair saw Lenahan and didn't put in like a, a real stiff challenge because Lenahan was there. I think if roles were reversed, like say, McNair would have ended up in Rose Ed with the ball. Yeah. It is it's, it's a little bit strange to be fair. It is a bit strange. Yeah. 
it's, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you on that because I, I, I don't get it. I, I, I'm struggling to understand it. Um, that's not because of how I'm feeling at the moment. It's I don't understand it generally. And um, but just uh, one more thing on Force. Do, do you not think Friday's game was perfect for him? I mean, if you look at Burnley around the midfield area, they're quite physical. You look at Goodmanson, you look at Brownhill, they're quite a physical little team. And I thought, I mean, I'll go on to how you played when you came on. I just thought Force brings a bit more physicality to ourselves. There's a bit more about him, there's a bit of strength about him. Do you not think that would be a bit more advantageous us having him in the team? I think hindsight's a wonderful thing in football. I mean, I think through the game, it, at, at half-time, it wouldn't have surprised me if he'd have took one of the front three off and brought another central midfielder on. Because for me, that's where they were winning the game, in the centre of the midfield. They, they sort of had control of it there. So, you know, whether whether Force started or not, I'm not sure that would have really changed the pattern of the game. Anything, he works hard. He works his socks off, and I really like him. But like I say, I didn't really have a problem with him not starting particularly, to be honest. Yeah. Yeah. Um... Um, Diggle, I'll get your opinion now. Um, obviously, you were quite big on the right back not playing. Um, obviously, you were saying about McNair as well. What did you think of that back line Friday night when it was announced? The same as you, same as yourselves, really. I've said for weeks about Dale Fry should be in the team. He's our best best defender, in my opinion. Uh, so it was, it was a bit of a surprise. I mean, they said he was missing against Bristol because he picked up an injury in training. And in a funny sort of way, I hope that's true because I really don't want there to be any disharmony in the camp. I would hate to think there was, you know, something in it between Carrick and Dale Fry because I think he's a really important player and we're going to need him between now and the end of the season to, to, to get promoted. Um, so it, 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 it is strange. And I want to go back a little bit to Michael Carrick when he's when he's been here, he's, he's when he when his press conferences, he's always went on about the squad is going to be really important to him. Over his press conferences, he's been he's been pulled up on different players that aren't playing and asked questions about them, and he's always just said, "Oh, you know, they'll get an opportunity. They'll they'll have a key moment uh, as the season moves forward." And going back to Rodrigo Muniz, he said that Muniz would have a key moment. He'll be necessary to be useful at some point in time. He said the same about Desire Jones. And I'm just I'm just wondering now, you know, Michael Carrick, obviously he's walked on water. Every decision he's made is being spot on. You, you, you couldn't possibly question him. But that was never going to last because no manager in the history of football has ever got every decision right. And this is probably the first time he's had a little bit of a, a sticky patch where supporters have actually said, why is he not playing him? Or I don't quite agree with that team selection. In the past, Michael Carrick's always been able to back it up by getting the result. But over the last three games, we haven't. So it sort of increased the sort of pressure and the scrutiny on on his team selection. So, you know, I, th- I, think, I think the fans are right to ask the question because we've got a good squad. And I'd like to see we use it more. And I, I think that's part of the problem. I think over the last few games, I don't know what you lads think. I think Middlesbrough have looked, probably since international break, they've looked a little bit tired. They've looked a little bit leggy. We've got we've got four or five players who I think could do with the rest, could do with 
been rotated, maybe, you know, and I'm talking about your Tommy Smiths. I'm talking about your, um, your Hayden Hackney. Uh, certainly, obviously, um, Paddy McNair and one or two others could, could just look like they could not, not so much dropping them up, pulling them out the team, but just using the squad a little bit more to get some freshness in it in the in the squad. We've signed Bar Bar Lassa for a million pounds, and we haven't seen hiding the hair of him really, you know. And I'm wondering, you know, at the moment with with our two central midfielders looking a bit leggy and a bit tired, you know, over the, starting with the Norwich game, I'd like to think Carrick would be starting to to look at that and maybe think, and maybe I need more than the same fourteen players week in week out to get over the line to make the playoffs and third or fourth space. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, you're absolutely right. I mean, it did, didn't look like you needed a bit of a fresh up on Friday. I like the religious part you brought in as well, a walking on water. I like that. Um, brings in nicely to Easter. Um, but no, you're absolutely right. It's, um, yeah, the, the, the team section the last couple of weeks have been a bit strange for me. Um, I haven't quite got my head round it. And like you said there, he you, you, you usually backs it up and gets the result. And you think, fair enough. I, you know, I was wrong. I'm happy to be wrong if we get the results. But yeah, so we'll keep we'll kick it to Friday night. John Don, I'll start with you because obviously I'll stub with you Friday night. Um, first goal in games like this. I've asked this in my head, so I want to ask it out loud. And if it's a daft question, laugh away if you want. But in big games like this, that could decide promotion to the Premier League. Playoffs to the Premier League. Is VAR got to be considered? Because that goal stops you in your head. Because that goal was offside. No, first the first one. I'm not hundred percent sure it was. Um, it was very tight, uh, but I'm not hundred percent sure it was offside. Uh, and I was always a fan of uh, using video technology. Um, for big decisions, but I must admit, I've um, I've I've scratched my head at times when I've seen some of the decisions made by uh, the VAR officials, and then and then consequently by the referee on the pitch asked to go and check the screen. Um, you know that yeah, big game. It was a massive game Friday, obviously, um, and. We just we, we just got unlucky with that decision, um, and they got a slice of luck with with um, with Barnes being in the right place and, and putting it away. But um, no, I mean VAR. It's not in the championship, so you can't just bring it in for what us fans deem as big games for our club. So just leave it to the Premier League, you know, and uh, and and the problems it's causing there. Um, yeah, go on. go on, carry on. No, I was going to say, I mean, for, for, for me, would you, would you not? It's not just for me, it's not just the games itself. It's, it's this period, this six week period, this is it, isn't it? This, this, this is it. You know, these are the games that define. I just, I've seen, I've seen the goal back. It, 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 is, it is offside, it is offside. Um, and it would have been disallowed. Well, if you're the official at the Tottenham game, it would have been disallowed, but um. Yeah, it would be disallowed. And I just think they're the fine margins that can get you promoted or not get you promoted. And it could, it, 
that's what VAR was brought in for in the Premier League. You know, why can't it be filtered down a little bit to the important parts of the season? Because I, I think it's going to be, I, I could be wrong, it could, it's going to be used in the Championship playoff final. Yeah, yeah, possibly. But, I mean, you, you can't define the last six games of the season as um, the ones that are going to get you promoted. 46 games will get you promoted mm. or into the playoffs. And there's going to there'll be decisions that I mean I can't think offhand uh, any right now, but there'll have been contentious decisions in game three or game thirteen or, or game fifteen of the season, you know. Um, so you can't really just say, oh, for the last six games or from Easter onwards, VAR will now be used because I think that's uh, I, I just think that's a bit unfair, personally. No, I agree with that. I'm just playing devil. I'm just playing devil's advocate. You know, it's an argument that's out there, and um, I just think the opinion needs to be heard. Um, right, I've got two fingers. Play rock, paper, play rock, paper, scissors. Cut. <laughs> go. Yeah, uh, <clears throat> play devil's advocate all you want. I hate the. Uh, I hate it in the Premier League. The decision did go against us on Friday, but he wasn't yeah, miles off bad. It, it was a it was a bit of a hand and a foot. Then you get decisions that go for you. You get the ones that go against you. For me, the only technology they should use is goal line technology. I hate VAR. I was watching a game over the weekend. And he was onside by a country mile, and it took about four minutes to get it done. Well, it takes everything away from the fans, the celebrations, while you're pausing for the screen to tell you if it's a goal or not. I hate everything about it. it takes away the the. The impulses you get when you score a goal because you're not sure. I, I don't want it. I don't want it at all. I don't want it in our games in the Championship and I don't want it in the Premier League when we get there. Yeah, I don't think we have the choice for that one, mate. But, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> you, can't turn, you can't turn it off on. But no, you're right. Um, yeah, some of the decisions this week, and I mean, I'm, we're not going to talk about them on here, but. Dear me. Um, but. Um, Diggle, I'll come to you. Should Stefan have saved... No, I'm only joking. I'm I'll let you make your point and I've got a question for you after about the goal itself. Just just on VAR, I think VAR's got to either be all in or all out. And next season in the Championship, we're having VAR in the Championship and hopefully we'll be in the Premier League, but it's coming into the Championship next season. And that's fine. My, my great with this season is it's not in and that's fine, but it's going to be in the championship final, playoff final. Now, to me, the rules should be the same for the whole season. If no grounds had VAR in all season, that shouldn't then be introduced for the championship playoff final. It's the same reason as VAR isn't in the FA Cup unless you're a premiership ground. But if you're in the premiership ground in the, in, in the FA Cup, VAR is used. Now, to me, the FA Cup's the same. Every, every single, if they can't put VAR in every stadium in the FA Cup, it shouldn't be used in any stadium. It's got to be the same for every club that enters the FA Cup. And personally, I do think VAR and the Championship is a good thing and it should be put in because it's such a huge amount of money uh, that's available to get to the Premier League for these clubs and four or five poor decisions that are, are not given, like the one against Burnley, could cost you promotion. It could cost you automatic promotion or you miss out in the playoffs. So I think it should be in. And I think the problem isn't so much with the technology of VAR. The problem is actually with the officials making the decisions because they're not really football people who are making the decisions. And I, I, I almost agree, I don't know how they're ever going to do it, 
but I almost agree with getting ex-players involved in making the decisions because they can see players when they're genuinely diving, faking it, cheating. And I'd rather have people who know the game while making the decisions because VAR can only show the decision on the screen and what's happening. And it's up to the officials then to come in and interpretate that rule. And I think they get the badly wrong time and time again. So I would like to see an improvement on the people making the decisions in VAR rather than removing VAR. Yeah, no, I, I'm with you on that. I've got to say, you either are all in or you're all out um, with everything in life. All in or all out. And um, but no, no, it's um, I agree. I, I do agree. Um, I've I've a finger up. This could be good. Go on, cut. What Steve said there is absolutely bang on. <clears throat> so they used it in the playoff final last year, Forest and Huddersfield. Yeah. And if you watch that game, every man and his dog said Huddersfield should have had two penalties, yet the guy behind the camera for VAR didn't give them. So therefore, like Steve said, maybe it's not a problem with that. Maybe it's a problem with the people who are viewing it. Well, these are ex- these are current referees. They're doing it. So if they can't get it right, is an ex-footballer going to get it right? He's right what he's saying about diving and all that. But that playoff final last year that they used it for, they were absolutely nailed on 100% penalties that weren't given after VAR. So yeah. if, if it's not working, he's right. They shouldn't use it for the playoff final. He's right about the FA Cup where they only use it at certain grounds. Well, what happens if Wrexham are playing, I don't know, someone two divisions above and they haven't got the technology to put VAR at the race course ground and they get robbed? It, it shouldn't be used, he's correct. Oh, they've, oh, they've got money, Wrexham. They've got money. But, mm. uh, no, you're, no, you are absolutely right. You, see, you, you can't give it to a few and not the, not, not the, you know, the many. So, right. I've moved on. I've got to get out of my system. I thought I'd see what everybody else thought. Um, right. Uh, did you put your hand up, John Don? Or... You're going to ask us a question, Steve. I can't remember what it was. We're going to ask us a question. <clears throat> I was actually. Um, Barnes got in between McNair and Lenahan. Did that show another. Because I thought Barnes. McNair didn't mark Barnes. I thought Barnes marked McNair and he bullied him. All first half, he got in his face and he, he he proper got into him. Do you think that helped with their first goal? Because it, the space between McNair and Lenahan, when you watch it back, was too great, and Barnes just walked straight through the middle of him. I think it's what you said I, earlier. I, I, sorry, I thought you. Was, I, I was just going to say, I think it's what you said earlier about continuity and they get used to playing together and and, and you get partnerships. We. Uh, John was saying that last week about partnerships getting formed and Fry and Lenehan look a natural fit as a partnership. They complement each other really well. I don't think McNair and Lenehan complement each other and there's too big a gap between them. They don't seem a compact unit and you know, I think early on in the season I mentioned um, about Zach Steffen when he was when he was coming into the goal and he was playing with a, a different pairing every week and it wasn't helping me. and then we settled down with the same four and the results start to improve and Zach Steffen's performances start to improve and I, I feel that's this, this, a similar problem now I think with Carrick chopping and changing between McNair and Fry I don't think it's helped Lenahan and it probably hasn't helped the two fullbacks either so yeah I, I, I think you know moving on to the next five games even though I don't agree with it, Carrick's got to pick his, his strongest two, what he thinks is his strongest two, and I think just stick with it. 
for the rest of this season, rightly or wrongly, in our opinion. Spot on. Go on, John. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, I was just going to say that. I mean, that, that first half at uh, on Friday, you know, they obviously they took the lead, and then they could have made it two 0 when Teller had uh, had the one on one, um, and he he put it wide of Stefan, but fortunately wide of the goal. I think at two nil. Um, it's it's almost game over, um, but we had our opportunities first half that game. Um, I mean, I, I remember Tuba from the edge of the box on his left foot, uh, and, he, and he put it way over. Really, I mean, he 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 should have hit the target by his standards. But we can all excuse um, <clears throat> we can all excuse players having uh, having moments. You know that um, we expect them to score every time. But yeah. at the end of the day, he's a, he's a good championship striker. Um, and he's he's going to miss as well as score. Um, so I mean, it was a fairly even first half. They slightly shaded it for me. Um, I, I was a little bit frustrated with uh, the amount of times they disrupted play, like going to ground so early, and, and the referee bought every single one. Mm. Um, that that was very frustrating. I think yeah. that would probably sum up th- that night for me. It was frustrating because. Um, we never, we never really sort of got any um, any rhythm going that game. It was it was all stop start and, and and we couldn't get anything going. I know we got back into it one one, but then we had another lapse of concentration and and they get the winner. Um, yeah, it, it was frustrating. Um, I'll let you lads uh, sort of give your opinions of it. Go on, coach. You got your hand up. Yeah, just quickly, where. <clears throat> McNair did a lot of things wrong on Friday night, mm. but you sort of alluded to there, should he have been closer to Barnes, blah, 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 and would Fry have done this, blah, blah, blah. It was a scuffed shot from the edge of the box that Barnes took a chance on. I'm not blaming McNair for that particular part of that goal. I'm not having it at all. Oh, no, no, no. My my, my question was more alluding to, do you think that the roughness of Barnes made the gap appear? Because all of a sudden, Benair appeared to be more bothered about where Barnes was. And then obviously Barnes made that slip and got in the gap. It just it seemed like he got into him really, really well. And McNair, it knocked McNair off. It really did. I, I totally get where you're coming from. But in the past few weeks, he's been going on about Fry this and bullying and all that. I remember Sheffield United last season when he played against Billy Sharp. And he got took off at half time because he got bullied all over the place. He's got massive strengths, Fry, mm. but you're talking about him like he's he, he's like a defensive rock who never gets bullied. I'm not having that either. I totally agree right now. I would put Fry back in the team, but he's a talking like he, he, he never gets bullied. I don't think anybody said that, John. No, no. My question wasn't saying that um, Fry would do a better job. I'm just saying. Do you think that's where the first goal came from? Because all of a sudden, well, from, him, from him being bullied, so, so he could have he, he could have easily done exactly the same to Fry. Barnes is what he is. Yeah. He's a, he, they play it with strengths. Does he look great on the eye? No, he doesn't. But he bullies lots of defenders in this division. And that's why. That's, that, that, that's exactly why I asked it because I thought if we're saying it and we see it, shouldn't we have picked up on it as players? Like the players should have picked up on it. And maybe I don't know, swapped him round, put Lenahan there, 
and and got into him. You know what I mean? That because I, I thought that's where the goal came from. All of a sudden, that gap's grown, and Barnes has gone right. If I lose him now, I'm in. And he did take that chance, and he got in. That's where he's a clever player, Steve. Mm. Barnes is clever. Oh, if we if if we say to Frat uh, Lenhen, for example, who I think Steve, I know use some of you might think Fry's our best defender, but as an actual defender, for me, Lenhen's head and shoulders above anybody else we've got at the club as an actual defender, right? So if you say to him, you stay on Barnes, and Barnes is moving between the back line, you, you can't do that because it disrupts. That's why you'd have left-sided and the right-sided. So so he's a clever player. It's, it's, I understand the criticism of McNair, and it's fair enough. A lot of it's fair enough recently. But... It doesn't mean to say that Fry would have particularly done any better in that game against against Barnes because he's been bullied by other defenders in the past. Well, I was just going to say, I think the problem, uh, what you look at regarding Paddy McNair, was more exposed than the second goal uh, that, that that Burnley scored when he, oh, when, he, he, he when he when he played them all on side and the the back four pushed up and he stayed he, he stayed in and played them on side. I think that exposed more Paddy McNair's weaknesses than than the first goal, and I also think it's part of the problem with Tommy Smith because I've said for weeks on here now that Tommy Smith's got this dreadful habit of tucking in all the time, and he done it against Huddersfield early on when Lenehan kicked one off the line, and I'm sure you guys behind the goal seen him do it again um, yesterday when he tucked in and the lad beat him and. Letting him kick it off the line again. It was almost like a carbon copy of each other, and he done it again in Bristol City. So I, I actually think part of Tommy Smith's problem with his tucking in and keep getting done in the diagonal ball is I don't think he's got a lot of faith in McNair in the centre, and I think he keeps tucking in to try and cover because he's not expecting McNair to get them cross-field passes that are coming in behind the borough defence, and he's tucking in. So I think Tommy Smith's game is going to pot at the moment, and I think... McNair, as I say, he's just not in good form. I think he's lacking a little bit of confidence. We're conceding goals that are down to him and his poor play, and it has been for a few weeks now. And the, the Borough defence, if you look at it as a whole, at the moment, is rank poor. You've got Tommy Smith, who doesn't, is at sixes and sevens every game taken in. You've got McNair, who doesn't know whether to sit or to drop. You've got Ryan Giles, who yesterday put in one of the worst defensive displays I've seen for a long time. He was dreadful all game defensively. He was at fault on the on, on the on the on the Bristol second goal. And so that's three out your back four. Defensively, I'm not saying offensively, I know what Giles gives you going forward, but defensively as a back four, you've got three players there who are playing really, really poorly and way below the levels that they were earlier in the season. And I think if Middlesbrough are going to push on now with a run of results to stay third or fourth and obviously ultimately go on to try and win the playoffs, that back four that played isn't going to do it. We will not get promoted playing that back four. And I'll stand by that on this podcast. That back four, if it stays from now to the end of the season, we will not get promoted. Well, I know Steve particularly keeps picking up about Tommy Smith on the right hand side. Not Giles just me. 
No, no, no. <laughs> but, but, but this is like your a tactical observation that you keep saying about Smith. Yeah. So does if you watch, every, if you watch... every, every single game, Johnny, does it? Every I agree single with you. game. I've, I've just made two points. Huddersfield Town off the line by Lennon. And then in the Bristol City game, exactly the same problem off the off the line by 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 Lenehan. And I, I why why is the management team in Carrick and Woodgate not picking up on this? So if you'd have let me finish, what I was gonna say was on the left hand side. He's got some beef. <laughs> if you if you watch the balls that go on the left hand side, Giles also tucks in near the centre halves. So for me, the two fullbacks are being told to tuck inside. It happens. It happens numerous times on the left hand side as well. If you watch it, watch our game on on Friday against Norwich and the upcoming games. You keep an eye on the left hand side. Exactly the same happens. Both fullbacks tucking. They're obviously being told. They're being told maybe, to do that, that by the management team. Maybe they do tuck in, but I'm I'm sorry. I'll stand here tapping if I, if you're telling me that Jonathan Woodgate, one of the best defenders in the world, is telling. Our two full-backs to tuck in and be absolutely brutally exposed with two-on-one at the back post every time. It makes absolutely no defensive sense at all to do that. Why would we do that? It's not working. It's costing with goals. It's costing where every single week. It's shambolic. They are doing it because they're not very good at defending. You, you, you said a few weeks back to me and you asked all the lads here, would you sign Ryan Giles if we go to the Premier League? And I said, no. And you were shocked at that. And you said, why? And I said, because you can't defend. And in the Premier League, you'll get torn apart, left, right and centre. In the Championship, all day, because he's the ability going forward. And we are an attacking team and one of the best teams in the league. So he doesn't have to defend that often. But when he gets asked questions, both Giles and Tommy Smith are wanting. There's a reason why Stoke got rid of Tommy Smith. And there's a reason why Wolves are happy to let Giles go. And the reason is... They both aren't particularly good at defending. So this world-class defender that you've just mentioned, Woodgate, who's part of our management team, so me, you, and every man can see that we're getting caught that on the right-hand side and it's happening on the left-hand side. So if that's not a tactic, why are they not dropped then? The management team might not think the players that they replace them are good enough. They might not rate them as, as, as like we do. I, I, I would happily have Dijkstil in the team on Friday night every single day of the week ahead of Tommy Smith. And Ryan Giles, I would leave him alone because he would have gets, gives we're going forward. But defensively, Mark Bowler's better. But it, do, it doesn't matter if we haven't got players that aren't good enough to come in and do it. If you're if you're in any type of job and you're not doing what you're told, you'd be replaced, wouldn't you? So we've got Bowler and we've got Dijkstil there that could come in and play fullback. And do as they're told. If the management team are telling them to stay out wide because we're apparently getting caught out two on one every time, if they're not telling them to do that, they would be changing them. They would hundred percent be changing them. It must be a tactic. I agree with what you're saying. It's happening over and over again. But if it's not a tactic, why aren't they? We've got, like you said, we've got Dyke Steel and Bowler there. Why are they not getting changed then? If if it's not a tactic. Well, in, 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 interestingly, on against Bristol, he was actually going to bring Dyke Steel on by Tommy Smith. And then Tommy Smith created the goal and Crook scored and he, he, he told Dyke Steele to sit back down again. That would have been interesting to see. And it'll be interesting to see what happens moving forward on Friday night. But all I'm saying is, if that back four continues till the end of the season, we've got no chance of getting promoted. Can I just make a point? Is it because we are so attacking that the defenders are looking more vulnerable? 
I, I, I agree with that. I think it's a good point you've made. Well, I'll give you an option. I think I, I, I think I, um I think the back four are a little bit um suspect at the moment because of uncertainty. Like you say, that that they used to have continuity, they used to have um solidity with Lenahan and Dale Fry being more uh, accustomed to each other. That's changed, and I think that's sort of. I'm not blaming McNair wholly, but I think the uncertainty in Lenahan's game because of Fry not being there has led to uncertainty across the back line. I totally agree with that point, by the way. Totally agree. Go on, Diggo. Just in defence of the two full backs, slightly. I do think they could get a little bit more protection and a little bit more help from Ramsey and McGree or Ramsey and Force. I do think they get quite exposed because we do, we're do we so good on the break and the counter-attack, we'll, we'll, we'll peel off in four and five, breaking forward. And if we happen to lose the ball, which is happening quite a bit lately in midfield, we'd, you know they are quite exposed to one-on-one positions and they're not great at defending. I do think that the... the the wide players from Middlesbrough could be better in helping them and getting back and tracking back as well. So it's a good point, John. Thank you. <clears throat> I think you meant John, Dom. <laughs> oh, thank yes. you then. Cuts, cuts on that one. <laughs> right, anyway. I'll come back in now. Now you're done. Um, right, second half. We haven't even done the second half yet. This is great. Um, right. I'm going to ask you, all three of you, because I can say all three of you, right? So don't say it. Just put your hand up if you, if you think this is yet. Was it a penalty? Yes. Right. Yes. He didn't put his hand up there. There's one didn't put his hand up there. Go on, Dick, go. If it was against Middlesbrough, I would have probably been thinking it was soft. But in the day's game, it's... You know, you see them giving, don't you? So it was one of them where I'll take it all day. But it was against Middlesbrough. I probably would have thought it was soft and you took a bit of a dive. It was one of those where you've seen players being clever where they, they seem to almost clip their own legs, clip their own, kick their own back leg and give it one of them. Uh, the thing I think is, it was clever. It was clever play by Archer. So you've seen them you've seen them giving all the time, but I'm a bit more I'm probably a bit too old school, so I thought it was a bit soft. The thing is, uh, Dick, oh, that the, the... There was soft free kicks being given all over the pitch, so why not a soft free kick being given in the box? Yeah, I, th- I thought the referee you know, was diabolical all night. I thought his his decision makings all night were really really poor. He, he didn't address Burnley's wasting time and rolling around and the goalkeeper and all sorts all night. So, so yeah, yeah, it's a penalty. <laughs> <laughs> why not a soft free kick in the box? Because it's a penalty. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Soft free kicks was, outside the box. Of a free it was, kick. It was a penalty for me. Um, so, a soft, a soft uh, challenge in the box is a free kick in the box. So therefore, it's a penalty. Yeah. And gone, gone, John. I'll let you say talk about talk about the penalty because you saw what I did. I turned round and I was going to say turned at the, stared at the gentleman's lap behind me because I probably I, I most likely did, uh, but I didn't watch the penalty. Was it a good penalty? Yeah, yeah. You said John. I'm assuming you mean me. There's another John. Yeah. Um, Well, yeah, he he took it away. There was a a certain amount of pressure on him. You know, it was only a couple of minutes into the half. And, um, you know, to get us back into the game, 
Uh, again, we knew that we we really had to get something from, hopefully a win. Um, yeah, there was pressure on him, but he, he took it well. Exactly. But yeah, he did, he did take it really well. Um, I saw a replay on before. It was a great, it was a great finish. Uh, keep a guess right, but uh, right. why why have you both got your hands up? Do rock, paper, scissors. You just choose, Steve. It'll save time. <laughs> Go on, take off. I was just going to say that uh, I was right behind the penalty. It was a, it was a superb penalty by Tuba. Yeah, um, but if you remember, down Burnley, he missed one, the keeper saved it. So there was a little bit of pressure on Tuba because the keeper had his number down there. So it was a really it was really brave of him to step up in that situation and stuck the way like he did. And yeah. uh, the Riverside went crazy. And Middlesbrough, for that 15 minutes after it was scored, I thought the atmosphere was as good as it's been all season. It was 31,000 there. And the Riverside was rocking after we equalised. And, you know, it just shows you, you know, what, what we can be like when we're like that. And it's, it's uh, I just hope there's a few more nights like that before the end of the season. Has anybody, I've not watched the replays back, but from the back row of the North Stand where I sit, there was a shout for a second penalty. <clears throat> and on first viewing to me, the second one looked more like a penalty oh, than the first yeah. one. I've not, I, like I say, I've not watched it back. I just wanted your three opinions. If you have seen it back, and was it? I I haven't watched it back, but I was absolutely adamant that was a penalty. And now he gave a free kick for Burnley. Mm -hmm. I was stunned. Because I think he gave a free kick because he nudged him in the back. But I'm not being funny. He put himself in that position, which for me is an interception. And he's intercepted the player, and the player's gone down. So why is that not a penalty? You know, what I mean? that, that it was absolute. It was nailed on for me. I could talk about my ass, I don't know, but I thought I was absolutely nailed on. It was, it was uh, a penalty uh, all day long. Yeah, I thought it was a penalty at the time, and I, I like you, I haven't watched it back. Um, but I suppose you know, anything happening in the box, me being a Borough fan, uh, I'll, I'll appeal. But I did think that was um, that was a good shout. It was. It was. It was a hell of a shout. Um, yeah. I, I, it, I also thought it, it. It turned the game as well. Not turned the game like you said. Oh, you know, it gave them the upper hand. I just thought after that, they became more into the game. If you get me, it was that. That was the turning point for me. And Diggle, I'll come to you. The winner. Everybody's seen the picture now, right? I'm not going to pick out the player, right? Like you said there, we've got a defense. We've got one of the, one of the best defenders I've ever seen play for the Borough in our coaching staff. It's not, and and you can see him in in, tra in training in the warm up. He works for them all in the line, all headed back to him, all shuffle forward, all shuffle back. How did that go so wrong for that second goal? It was just schoolboy defending, you know, just the ball down the down the down the flank, and the defense stood stood up there, you know, pushed up as as a unit like they like they should do. And for whatever reason, Paddy McNair just didn't follow suit and stayed where he was and played them on side. And then when the cross come in to make it worse, he should have really got back across his man to make the challenge, and he was weak. It was a, it was a, it was it was a, it was a schoolboy error. It was a poor goal, and it was it was really disappointing because. It was at a moment where the stadium was really bouncing and 
I felt Middlesbrough could actually possibly go on and win the game at that point. Um, and it just it, it just put a pin in the balloon, really. But you know, I'm, I'm you know we're having a go at different players and question different players on here. No player is on that pitch deliberately making a mistake. It's oh, yeah. it's a pressure situation. You know we're playing against. Don't get we you know we're playing against a good side in Burnley, and you know we're more than matched them for ninety minutes. They're going up as champions when he lost two games. The walk in the league. And I thought it was a really decent performance by Middlesbrough. There was nobody could have complained if we'd walked away with a point, that, you know, on Friday night. And I thought, you know, we're doing ourselves proud in front of the watching public, really, overall. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Go on, Coach. I think, um, I think where you say you didn't name a player, I don't mind giving players criticism when they deserve it. And for, he was miles further back than he, than he should have been. But, all three of you and myself have already covered it about partnerships and knowing where your centre-back partner is. Yeah. It's about continuity. And for me, the two centre-halves are the most important part of any season if you're going to be successful and you need them to play 25, 30 games together so they can build a partnership. Yeah. And you have covered it earlier. I think this is it's bang on correct. That, that's why that, that's why I thought I'd bring in, obviously, you know, we've got a defensive coach as, as one of the assistants along with Aaron Danks. You could see if you pop your head up during the warm ups, they, they go through that drill, bring them the flying forward, bring the line back. They're all regimented, they're all in a line. It was just so disappointing at the crucial moment where we needed them all to stay strong because we had two of them offside. And and obviously, that then put whoever it was, I think, was it, was it, was it Nathan Teller that crossed it in? Possibly, I can't remember. And then I think he put the whole team off because Connor Roberts just wandered in. He wandered straight through and 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 put and put it in. It was it was just massively disappointing. Um, but um, I'll just say one thing as well about that goal. If it had happened on the other side of the coin, right? We'd that's a bad phrase to use. We'd have been talking about this. Now, if that coin or whatever was thrown from the stands came from our end, you're an idiot, an absolute idiot. You've let yourself down. You've let the club down. But I've watched a video on Twitter of that, and it seems to me that video is taken from the away end. And to me, not many people have mentioned it. That coin or whatever was thrown seems to come from behind the camera. And have you seen it? Yeah, yeah we, we, we talked about this on the way down to Bristol. Um, yeah, yeah. The, the, um, I've seen a, a couple of I've seen a couple of angles, but there's one in particular. The guy's only about eight or nine rows back. He's he's level with the touchline, so he's definitely in the barely end. And you see the you see the coin come down and hit the player on the head, and it it looks like it comes from just behind him, either just behind him or just slightly to his left, which will have been the away fan section. Um, you know, yeah, idiots. Whether it be a, a Burnley fan or a Butter fan, mm. idiots for throwing coins. Stupid. I mean, it, it's it's interesting that we've seen that video, and I think. If it was obvious it was from our stand, we'd have been, I would imagine there would have been a charge from the FA by now, but obviously there's some doubt about it. Have you seen anything written about it? Because I haven't seen a thing thing Not about anything. it. I, I no. think the FA get Easter yeah. off, so no, they haven't said anything yet. Um, I think if it's that obvious, though, we'd have been charged by now, surely? That's, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Nothing's been said of it, so hopefully nothing does get said, because like, I agree with you, and I said, I said on the bus on the way down with Bristol with John Don that you, 
yeah, it, it didn't for me. I didn't think it came from the Burnley end. And Jason, what usually drives us down here, there, and everywhere. He messaged me in the ground as well, and he said that came from the home end. So it must have been picked up on Sky. Um, so because obviously that's where he he was watching it on. So um, you know, he it, it, I, I I just it's just strange behaviour. Like, would we ever stand there in the away end? Akpom scores the winner. And you think, you know what he needs? A good £2 coin in the middle of his forehead. It's just weird behaviour. I, I don't I don't get I never will get it. Don't, don't waste your money, God's sake. Everything's skyrocketing in price anyway. Don't chuck it at people. So, yeah, it was, it was just a daft decision. Um, but, yeah, like you like Dick also as well, the atmosphere just seemed to fly out the ground after that. It just, it was flat and... You could feel the disappointment. I was disappointed. It hurt Friday. It was, yeah, it was, it was, it was a bad, it was a bad defeat to take that one. Go on, cut. Can I just say one thing? Did like a lot of fans will have flew out the ground straight away, but obviously it takes a bit of time to get down from the north stand. There was a. It reminded me of the playoff final that we lost to Norwich when Grant was stood there watching them celebrate. Don't know if you guys noticed this. There was about six or seven of our players that watching. stayed on that pitch at the end. And we're looking over at the away end, watching them celebrate. Yeah. And and I mentioned it on Sky yesterday that Housen had said watching them celebrate has give them an extra push. I just hope it does. Fair play to the lads who stayed on the pitch to watch them. And if yeah. that's the push they need to get us get us to where we need to be and want to be, then then credit to them for doing that. Yeah. Listen, you've got to say you've got to say over the season, Burnley haven't lost just two games. They've deserved it, haven't they? You know, you, you can't you can't see otherwise. But um, it was it was just so frustrating on Friday night because yeah. I don't think there was a massive gulf between between the teams. You know, um, it, it, it's like you say, I've, I've used that word half a dozen times. It was just purely frustrating on the night for me. It was, and we could we could see it full time what we all thought it was. Yeah, it was. It was really frustrating because it, it was. I felt like it was an opportunity missed as well because Burnley weren't at their best on Friday night. I've seen them play a lot better than that, but at times they were they were very good with the ball, the speed of passing. They were very good, and yeah, they're the best team for a reason. And I just hope Vincent Company doesn't stick about with them because I can't stand Burnley. So um, yeah, he's a he's a very good manager, very very good. Um, I think they've got a cracker in him. So. But, um, go on, take over before I move on. What, what, what's really frustrating is we've, we've been on here the last few weeks giving predictions and stuff like that. And, you know, if we had a beat Huddersfield, Burnley in Bristol, we would now be a point clear in second spot. You know, and the way it's, it's, way it's turned out is we're now eight points behind uh, Sheffield United and they played a game, we've played a game more. So it shows you the fine margins, those three games. If we had a, you know, one two and drew one or one all three, we would now be right in the mixer. So it's extremely disappointing, but we really don't need to get too hung up on that now. We've just got to all systems go, secure that playoff spot, and let's see if we can get to Wembley. Well, we said last week, didn't we? That these to be defining for us, and it's it's. It, I think it's proved it. And before before, obviously, we'll quickly speak about Bristol. Um, Way too long to talk about Burnley there, but um, did go man of the match against Burnley. I I don't think there was an outstanding player in the game against Burnley. I think it was a, a decent team performance, but if I had to give it anybody, I'd give it to Tuba just for having the 
kahunas took the penalty away. Yeah, yeah, goal twenty six for the for the the two betrayers. He's uh, he's firing along. Cut. Shock horror. I'm going to agree with Steve again. Man, the match. I thought his his, his performances, even in when we struggle. I don't. I think his all round game. He works hard. He he holds the ball up really well. I'm going to go for Cuba as well. Well, it's about time you agreed. You spent 20 minutes disagreeing earlier. So, um, uh, yeah, it's quite nice to see you getting along again. Uh, John, Don? Yeah, I'm going to make it uh, number three for Tuba. Yep. Well, I'm going to make it a full house. Yeah, Tuba. It was, uh, he, I, thought he, I thought he was brilliant. He, de- he dealt with um, dealt with their centre-house really well. So, um, I didn't think they'd go on top of him. So, yeah, Tuba. Um, right, Bristol. Um well, you went to the ground before me, John Don. Um but our four came, we all saw the team. One change, um forcing for McGree. I thought McGree looked a bit tired by the end of Friday night. Do you think that played that that played some sort of um influence to his decision? Um I don't know. I mean You know what? It's difficult because you're looking at the games and you're looking how players are performing. And we have had a bit of a drop off in our level of performance recently. You know, um, second half at Huddersfield, or, or sorry, sorry, half of the second half against Huddersfield, um, spells against Burnley, and then you know the the, the match against Bristol City. I, I, I like Force. I would have started with Force. Um, Yes, um, whether or not McGree looked leggy or, or or felt leggy, or the manager decided to give him a rest, I, I don't I, I don't know. I personally would have started with Force because I just um, I think he would have been he would have been more of a threat. As it turned out, he like very many others put in a lot of hard work with very little end result. Um, so. Yeah, we often puffed for quite a long time against Bristol City and succumbed to two soft, sloppy, stupid goals to give away. Yeah. Um, just it, frustrating because, like you said, last three games, eight goals conceded, and some of them have been down to our, down to ourselves. You, you know, it's not. It's not been a good, well-worked team goal by the opposition. It's it's the mistakes that we've been uh, we've been inflicting on ourselves, and we're giving ourselves a hell of a lot to do in matches. I mean, we come back well against um, uh, Huddersfield, i.e., we started to control the game, but we were four four one down, um, and we started to get back into the game, made it four two, but just wasn't enough, obviously. Um, and we give ourselves another mountain to climb on uh, on Monday night. For it's it, it's it's something that we we, we need to um, we need to focus on because um, if if we if we go into the playoff games and and we we're, we're as slop, sloppy and as soft in our defensive approach, it'll cause us problems. Yeah, yeah, I think it definitely will cost us. If you're coming to that, I mean, Dick, oh, I'll come to you for the first goal. Um, we all seemed it, it seemed to for me, it was like the pitch tilted, and all of a sudden, the entire of our back line went left. 
and completely forgot that whoever the number 20 was. I think it was it Bell. I think it was all his name. Sam, Sam Bell, yeah. Sam Bell. Thank you, John. Um, Sam, he, he creeped in unnoticed, unmarked. And it wasn't the first time, because I noticed it a couple of times he did it in the first half. And it cost us right in that minute where you you just don't concede. It was the worst time to concede a goal and we let one go again. Yeah, it was... yeah I mean, Stefan had already made Stefan had already made a couple of great saves um, from from that same player, um, but he was given far too much time on this occasion. Uh, far too much time, and, and Stefan had no chance. Diggo. Yeah, I'm just going to say the same as John. They had an opportunity before that, and Stefan made a brilliant save and got out of jail. And again, what I've said earlier on, Middlesbrough with Smith tucks inside. Uh, McNair is weak in the challenge and the ball goes out wide again. Cook comes in, rifles the ball past Zach Stefan. Terrible time to concede. You know, we've got to learn to really start game managing. You know, going back to the Huddersfield game right after half time, we conceded poor game management. We just just seem to have these moments of late where we have these lapses where we switch off and it's costing them a big time. If we could just eradicate that from the game, you know, we could get back to what we're doing. It's just, it's it's crept into the game, these silly moments of, of, of switching off. And it's, it's, you know, we're not getting much luck either. When we make a mistake, we seem to be getting punished to the max at the minute as well. But the, 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 the poor goals to concede, poor, poor defensive errors, both tactically and, you know, individually, really. So... If you're going to concede one or two goals every week like that, you're not going to win many football matches, no matter how well you play. Oh, just, just to put right on, just to put right on the team selection, there was obviously more than one change because uh, Matt Crooks started instead yeah. of Cameron Archer up the front. Oh, yeah, sure. the oh. the um, it, it's it's indecision, isn't it? You know, at times in our defence. You... We're not decisive enough to to sort of go through the ball, uh, like uh, John Cutler mentioned earlier. You know, like you see Lenahan, he he defends as a defensive player should, you know, wholeheartedly. But some of our goals we've conceded re- recently, there's been sort of like powder puff challenges in in the centre of our defence, the centre of our midfield. You know that 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 have allowed the player to to go further towards goal and it's 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 led to us conceding. We we're suffering from a bit of indecision and a you know we need to tighten that up definitely. Yeah the wobble's coming the wrong time, hasn't it? Big time. Um go on coach, you've got your hand up. Yeah that, that first goal in particular yesterday it looked very bad on Tommy Smith because it was down the left hand side our right. But I mentioned earlier that goal came there were been mistakes before it, but McNair should have wiped Lenehan out and the ball. Like I said earlier, if it had been the other way around, that would have happened, and that goal wouldn't have happened. It did look bad on Tommy Smith, but he had to come across because the two defenders were outside of the box, the two centre-halves. He had to come across for that. I know he had oceans and oceans of space, but <clears throat> I don't particularly blame Smith for that goal. It's, it's Like I say, McNair should have wiped the ball and uh, Lenehan out. Yeah. I'll stick with you, I'll stick with you then, Cuts. Um, second goal. 
Can I just say, Steve? Sorry, can I just say, Steve? We controlled that half, haven't we? We, we yeah. virtually controlled that half, and we missed, I would say, two great chances at Pom's header, and, and then Giles uh, in the box, um, blazed one over the bar. So to find ourselves going in half time one nil down was was oh. it was tougher to take because of uh, the dominance we had in the first half. Yeah, it, it was all there was also there was also a Crooksy's chance where he was millimeters yeah. away from getting a touch on that head that was headed ball that was back over the box. Yeah, like you say, we we weren't particularly bad in the first half, but we do look vulnerable at the back, and I think it's because of how attacking we are, and we've all went on about how good we are to watch going forward. Do we really want to change that? I know you've got to find the right, a happy medium. But we've been on here talking every week about how good we are going forward. And I do think it leaves us slightly exposed at the back and, and the last few games have shown how exposed we can be. Yeah, it has exposed us, but I said, I, I, I don't want to suggest, I, I think it's, it's great, I watch. Um, yeah. But it, it does, it does not stretch your nails. But, um, I say this, I mean, I, I, I usually ask serious about the goals, but I'm going to talk about the second goal. Um, so I mean, the second the second goal. I mean, that came from the same side because obviously the shot came across, and no one followed in Naki Wells, who obviously put it across the goal for um, Karnik. Karnik, thank you. Uh, I was trying to think who tapped in because they announced announced both of them, didn't they? And I, I still don't know. And but no one followed him in, and I thought that. It's reactions again, and I just thought that goal, that first goal, kind of played a part to that second because I didn't think we got going in the second half either. Straight away, I thought we were a bit slow in the second half, getting away. And that second goal, I, I just looked and I thought, Jesus Christ, like, wow, like we've we've is our ass starting to fall out all of a sudden? You know, it's just. Yeah, it was really frustrating. Another time I said we said frustrating. Go on, Dicko. Just on a certain goal, the, the main fault was Ryan Giles. He's got the ball facing Zach Steffen and he's got an option just to play the ball back to Zach Steffen to clear his lines, which would have happened. And for whatever reason, he doesn't play the ball back to Zach Steffen and turns into, his, into, the, into the man and loses the ball. And then the ball gets shuffled around and breaks out onto the left side of the box, and that's when the shot comes in. <laughs> Stefan saves it, and, 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 and the, they get the rebound. But that was an easy defensive, you know, mis- it should never happen at that level. It was just pass the ball back to your goalkeeper, keeper clears his lines, you reset. And for whatever reason, Ryan Giles decided to turn into the man. It was, yeah. a, it was an awful, awful decision by Ryan Giles. And... Um, just, just, just interestingly, because obviously you see games differently when you're at the game. I'm watching on TV for the Bristol game. You was at the game, and again, you thought Middlesbrough played well first half, as you you thought would dominate against Huddersfield, and I didn't against Huddersfield. I thought against Bristol we played better against Bristol than we did against Huddersfield, but I don't think we're quite as dominant as what you guys thought being at the ground. Because if you think about it, early on, early in the game, like I said. When Smith was asleep, they had one off the line by Lenehan. And then also, to be fair to Bristol, they had a one-on-one with Zach Steffen where he made a fantastic save. Yeah. And then obviously they've scored as well right at half-time. So I was watching the game thinking, this could be 2-2, this could be 3-3 at half-time. The fact that we're 1-0 down really 
obviously upset us because we didn't deserve to be losing. But watching it on the telly at home, my my view was it could have been two two or three three. It was a really exciting game to watch. And if I wasn't a Middlesbrough fan, I would have thoroughly enjoyed the game because the game was end to end for for both halves. Both teams had the chances right till the death, even in the last minute. Bristol could have scored and should have scored and he put it over the bar incredibly. And then we break and Archer could, you know, fantastic finish to win to, to possibly win with the game and the flag goes up. But as I say, it was it was a great game to watch if you weren't a Middlesbrough fan. Yeah, no, it, it, I mean I think I think we've mentioned it on the way way home, actually. If you were watching it, it was a great game to watch. It was. Um but as I say, it'd be tearing all down. As early as we were in the second half, I just you just get that 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 sinking feeling really did hit me, and I was just like, "No, this is this is falling to bits really quick." And but John Donald, let you. Talk, I, I didn't see the f- first Borough goal. I disappeared for five minutes. Um, I'll let you talk us through the first sort of goal because I've seen the goal back. Obviously, what's the highlights on the way home last night? Um, a hell of a header from. From Aaron Ramsey to to get yeah 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 because he he got low in the direction the power to get it past uh, Max O'Leary yeah that's right I mean it was um, it was a, a good uh, run and cross by um, by Tommy Smith mm. and um, Aaron Ramsey done his best Massimo Macaroni uh, impression <laughs> and and put it right in the corner it it was an important goal because there was still plenty of time left in the match for us to uh, to. To try and claim the three points, yeah. um, but it was a it was a well taken goal, uh, and it gave uh, our fans behind that goal and the team a little bit of a lift. And I'll just I'll say it now: our fans were fantastic, even at two 0 down. Great, great support, um, not just in numbers but vocally. Um, really, really, really good. Yeah, second to none on the night. Oh, we were we were superb yesterday. I thought the fans were brilliant. Just under two and a half thousand. Made the made the uh, the trip from uh, the North East. It was a hell of an effort. Um, I say on Easter Monday as well. Traffic's a nightmare. Obviously, we didn't have to endure that being in Bristol on Sunday. But yeah, it was yeah, it was a hell of an effort. And I applaud everyone that was there. Fantastic support. And that goal kicked us into into life. And I mean, it kicked us into life big time because all of a sudden. We couldn't do no wrong. Every bit of passing was going. Every every bit of your run was going in the right direction. Ramsey's feet going in between players was magical at times, and and that 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 caused the equaliser because he had that little link up with the tuber, then fed through to Matt Crooks, which was unbelievably free in the in in the in the eighteen yard box, and, and finished really well past Max O'Leary in there. It was a hell. It was a hell of a team goal. As you watch it back, it's it's a it's a good goal. Because I say we were, we, we yeah we were good second half. We were really good. I know they had a couple of chances, but I mean, John Don, just imagine that away end. If that goal right at the end wasn't offside, I know. I mean, I'll be honest with you. I saw the landsman flag go up straight away, so I yeah, didn't I did. even get into the celebrations. But what a finish. What an absolutely fantastic finish. Um, took around the keeper, tight angle, lashed it into the top of the net. You're right, it seems if that flag hadn't gone up would have been 
just incredible. Uh, it wasn't to be though, but um, yeah, I, I, I'll have to give credit uh, where it's due because that finish was, was 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 spot on. He didn't know what he was offside. He didn't know the flag was up, and I don't think uh, the, yeah. the the keeper stopped. So he he, uh, he oh. done really well to finish it, but unfortunately, it was a no bill. Yeah, no, it was, it was it was both the defender and the keeper, and it, yeah, where he pulled it, you couldn't put it anywhere else. It was unbelievable finish. Go on, coach. I mean, it seemed like a, a fairly negative few days for us, but I'm going to put a positive spin on it. Yeah, we played a team a team that have romped away with the title, and it was fine margins. Two 0 down yesterday. We've come back to two two. I just urge the fans not to give up. Get right behind them because them players. One thing you can't question their character. Individual mistakes are happening. Yes. It's magnified because of what we're trying to achieve and how big the games are. Them players are not giving up. They are fighting tooth and nail for us as fans and for this football club. It, like I said, it's fine margins. They worked their socks off yesterday and they did on Friday against Burnley. We're not playing as well as we have been before that, but you can't question a player's attitude and commitment. Stick with them and we can still achieve what we want to achieve. That's my message. Yeah, yeah. absolutely right. To- um, no one. Tough times make tough people, and that's what you got to do. You got to you got to grind this out, you know, and um, and really give them your support. Yeah, that's exactly it, and, and and that's where it comes back to your point, John. Don, it was the support yesterday was it was brilliant. It was superb. Not there was no there was no grumblings at two one or two or two two. The fact that you know, oh, you know, still not winning, still not winning. We were right behind him, and I felt that the players knew it because as there was a bit right at the end because I was down, down near the front. Lenahan went up for a cross that came in from I think it was an hour left to the right, and so went out for a corner. And he looked at the fans. He just said, "The fans, you know, keep going, keep going," because they they felt it. Bristol City felt it. That's it. We were right on him, and I don't know how loud we sounded on the telly, but I thought the the voices were. Yeah, I mean, tell by my voice, as I say, we were right behind him yesterday. I loved every minute of it. But, yeah, it was a, a point, you know, a point extra. It means we're now three points behind Luton in third. Eight behind Sheffield United now. Uh, go on, Diggo. I just want to say uh, 100% agree with what John Cutler said there. I think uh, against Bristol City, that was definitely a point gained. And the two games against Burnley in Bristol, I don't think we're putting bad performances. We've been done by a, a couple of poor defensive displays, but that's not ba- that's not for the want of trying. Those Middlesbrough players are giving us 100% at the moment, 100%. And you could see it when Aaron Ramsey scores his diving header and he goes to the way end and tells you to, to lift it. You know, that's what it means to Aaron Ramsey, who's been here five minutes, telling you, come on, and back he goes to the halfway line, you know, and we'll come back and we'll get the 2-2 with nearly 1-3-2. So those players are 100% playing for the shirt. And another thing as well, like the fans, you know, 31,000 against Bristol, uh, against Burnley and nearly 2,500 down at Bristol. What fantastic support we're getting at the moment as well in terms of noise and numbers. So we're in a pretty good place. There's a lot of teams in the Championship would like to swap places with Middlesbrough Football Club. We've got more things going for forward positively than, than negatively. And 
we, we've got the options and the squad and the manager, I think, to iron out these little problems we're having at the back at the moment. Yeah. No, yeah. I'm, I'm with, I'll, I'll echo what you've all said. Just don't give up. Please don't give up. We're, um, we're still there. You know what I mean? If it means, if, like we said a couple of weeks, we've said this a couple of podcasts back now. If it means we have to go through the playoffs and fight tooth and nail and have to drag ourselves through Wembley to get this done, we'll get it done. I fully believe we'll get this done. Put your hand down. We'll get this done. Um, I fully believe this is the uh, something's different about this. And I just beg, I beg anyone, please do not give up. Because we're not giving up. As a, as a supporters group, we're not giving up. The Red Faction aren't giving up. You know, get behind him now. This is this is it. Fully, you know, leave your criticisms to talks like this, talks outside the ground with your pints, or you know, you talk walking back to your cars with your mates. In that ground, get behind him. Ninety minutes, full on behind them now, because them players, they bloody need you now. They need that. They need us as much as we need them now. It's going to be a full on effort to get this, get us over the line to them playoffs and beyond. You can put your hand, you can put your hand up back up now. Go on. Steve, we we've we've been in this position before. I mean, do you remember the, the do you remember the games against like Milton Keynes when you know uh, with Kenanka in charge, you know, yeah. other games uh, Char- Crystal, Charlton Charlton uh, you know, as well. That yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we've we, we've been in this situation before where it, you can you can see the finishing line and you, you just get a little bit nervous as fans. Probably the players get a little bit touchy. That that's what that might be a reason for the the odd um, errors creeping in. Yeah. But do you know what? We'll all, we'll only do it if we all stick together, and that's what we've got to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And um, Norwich could be our whole moment. It really could. You know, whole that year turned it all around, and we never got beat after that. Um, maybe it's it's coming on Friday. I don't know. Go on, Cods, before I wrap this up. Yeah. Uh... Two quick things to say. One, when Carrick took over, if he'd have offered us the playoffs, every single Borough fan would have snapped your hand off. Had a laugh. Number two, num- number two, we've said a million times on this podcast how tough the championship is. Every game's tough. We've had a bad run, bad few games. Do I think we'll get second now? Probably because of how we've performed the last few weeks, I'd say no. But wouldn't surprise me if it's Sheffield United have equally as bad a week coming up. It could definitely happen. I'm not ruling it out. Spot on, spot on. And every team has a hiccup at this time of year. Every team. For me, I think we've had ours. But let's say Friday will prove if that's stopped or it's carried on. I just hope, because for me, it's the right time to have it. If we can have a few games after, kick into some sort of form, get into the playoffs with two, two or three wins out of four, bang on. The rest of the teams haven't had that wobble yet. Luton hasn't had a wobble yet. Sheffield United hasn't had their wobble after the Easter, uh, after the international break yet. They say Blackburn, look at Blackburn behind us. They are having their biggest wobble now, and they look terrified. So it's going to happen, and we just have to keep on board and keep going, because the rewards there, it's it's there. We can grab it, and I think we will get it. Um. It's coming. It's it's coming. I can feel it. Um, 
Imagine if you listen to that part with me going, it's coming, I can feel it. You think, what the hell am I listening to, are you? <laughs> but anywho, right. Man of the match, John Don, go. Hey, Stefan. Yeah, I agree with that. Diggo? I think Stefan had a really good game. He was commanding, made some big saves, but I'll go Aaron Ramsey. I thought he uh, was terrific and super diving header to get back into the game. Cut. Yeah, uh, Steve used my word that I was going to use for for uh, Zach Stefan. I thought he was commanding the whole game. He came for the ball, collected it, looked really solid, made it. I mean, I think he's understated his save. For me, that was a world-class save, that real strong hand, brilliant save he's had. He's had some criticism this year, but for me, he was the best, our best performer on, on uh, yesterday. He was fantastic. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Stefan. Which is very rare for me, but I'm going to go Stefan. It was, I thought that save, I say that save in the, in the first half was absolutely, it was it was world class. It was right in front of me. I would say I was right in the front of the, the way and just uh, right. There was Peter was Peter Schmeichel oh, It was it was a hell of a save. It was it's, it, yeah it was that it was that I can't remember who it was against. It was against, it was against Les Ferdinand or something like that where he just pinned his hand out. Unbelievable save, um. But yeah, it was it was brilliant. But um, before I go on to, to Brody finally going to Norwich, um, obviously the nominations count for the AFL awards. Borough up for four. Uh, manager of the year, um, which apparently, just in case Dick Lord doesn't know, is Michael Carrick, um, alongside uh, company and a bit of a weird one, Mark Robbins. I don't know why Paul Heckenbottom's not in there, or Rob Edwards, because I thought he's done a hell of a job for Lewin. Um Player of the year, obviously, Tuba, alongside um, Josh Brownhill and Victor, uh, Victor Gokarez. Fair enough. Young player of the year, Hayden Hackney's in there. I don't know who's alongside him because I haven't looked at that bit. And um, the, is it Dav, I, I don't know what the word's called. It's just diversity. Diversity. Yeah. Um, we're up for that as well. So, massive congrats to the club. Uh, we know club works inside and out making it amazing and I say Michael Carrick had to be in there the job he's done is, is on par with what Vincent Company's done with Burnley Tuba well scored 26 goals say no more and uh, and, he, and Hackney he's, had his break, he's got his breakthrough year this year he's had some fantastic performances and he's been he's been an incredible little midfield maestro alongside the um, the, the, the king that is Johnny Housen so yeah, he's been fantastic and yeah, he's fully deserved. Um, right, Norwich. Um, John Don, I'll start with you because we've got another collection on Friday, haven't we? Friday night. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, it would have been it would have been on on the Saturday, but the game has been obviously rearranged. Um, so, so even though it's a it, it's a it's a night match. There's there's a, a collection outside the North Stand for Middlesbrough Food Bank, and also um for the foundations any old Middlesbrough shirts uh, and boots to hand around to the local community. Yeah, so that's going to be from six o'clock to eight outside the North Stand near where the uh, the satellite ticket office is. So if you could pop along, um, uh, if you bring food, fantastic. If not, if you could just make a small donation, anything that you can afford, 
the food bank um, put every penny that it gets to good use for families in our area that uh, that need to use the food bank. So I'll come down and I'll have a chat with you. Absolutely. Yeah, come along, say hello, and um, give what you can. Small or large, any donations, most appreciated. It's part of the reason why the pub's up for, the awards it's up for, you know, you know, the, the part he plays in the community is huge. So, yeah, please, please, you know, if you can, help. Um, I'll stay with you, John Don. Norwich is always a tough test. Always has been. It's, I always look back at that playoff final. You know, I still I still hate that day. I still can't forgive them. Whatever they do, Norwich, I really can't. And they're chasing playoffs as hard as we are. And... I know they had a bit of a hiccup over over recent, yesterday they drew against Rotherham at home. I know Rotherham are fighting for their lives, but you know a game they've sort of theoretically won. They'll be chasing this as much as we're chasing a, a, a solidarity in the playoffs, and they they could drag us back into that race to get in the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, they could. I mean, it's a game that the feelers are of. They'll feel as though they have to win, um, yeah. to be fair, because games are, are running out. Um, so it's going to be a, a, a tough game for us. We, we're obviously um, uh, on, on, on the back of like uh, one point out the last nine. Or is it... Uh, God, God knows how many goals conceded, eight goals conceded or something, you know. Yeah. Um so really, we we have to um, just get get back to winning ways, really, and 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 make sure that we don't drop out of that top four. Fair enough. If we do, if we just scrape in the top six. It's still the playoffs, but obviously, it would be beneficial if we would third or fourth and uh, and have the home tie uh, as the second leg. So yeah, it's both teams. Um, I've got a lot to play for, so I'm, I'm looking forward to the game. Another night match, yeah. floodlights, good atmosphere, um, and I want to go into town at uh, ten o'clock, whatever, and uh, and celebrate. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, before I move on to the other two, we get obviously their their preview of the match. I'm going to ask you all the same question: to get in the playoffs, we've got five games left. How many wins do we need to get in the playoffs now? Um, I'd say nine points. Um, however, however we get them. Yeah. So, so, so if we said theoretically three wins. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Perfect. I'll come back to you for your prediction. Um, Diggle, changes for Friday. If Fry's fit, are you putting him in? Hundred percent. Um, I, I think if we need to re- to to. to... Freshen it up a little bit. I would. I don't think he'll do it, Michael Carrick, because of the reasons I said earlier on. He doesn't seem to go far away from his his his, his favourites. He's not a he's not a manager that chops and changes very much. But me personally, from my point of view, I would freshen it up. That back four, like I said, isn't getting us promoted. I would like to see Dyshdale start for Tommy Smith. I would like to see Dale Fry start if he's fit. I would also like to give Hayden Hackney a rest. Not dropped, a rest. I think he looks worn out. He looks leggy. And we've got two decent replacements in Alex Moat and Barlasa. 
then I'd like to see one of those coming to the midfield um, as well. And I would also like to see Cameron Archer start back up front instead of Matt Crooks. And same question to you. How many wins to get in the playoffs now? I think we need seven points to get into the playoffs. Seven points. Like two, two wins and a draw would do it. Perfect. But do you agree with them changes that he's mentioned there? Um, I would say it's a new change yourself. Um, obviously, I know Norwich uh, have been hot and cold all season, but I still look at players like Timu Pukki, Max Ahrens. They've still got Premier League players in there, haven't they? Oh, it'll be, be a tough game, I think. it's. Uh, but John, John Donovan mentioned earlier about they need a win, really. And that could be beneficial to us. They're not going to come here and think a point's going to be enough. Um, one player that hasn't been mentioned about possible changes that I would like to see brought in is Isaiah Jones. Uh, I know I know Michael Carrick said about how strong the squad is and that's the only reason why he's not playing. But for me, I'd just like to see him give it a run out on Friday and that's one player. I agree with Steve. I would, I would actually give Hackney a rest. It'd be Mauer who I'd bring in instead of Hackney, not Barlazer. I would bring Fry in for McNair. Dyke Steele, I would start as well. But yeah, and, and Archer, I agree with all them changes, but I would quite possibly, I would like to see Isaiah Jones in the team. Yeah. Um, interesting change. I mean, it's one player that's fell off the radar a little bit. And same question to you, how many points? Yeah, I agree with Steve. I think 74. If you don't get in the playoffs with 74 points, you're going to be very unlucky. What someone mentioned earlier, is the gap six points to Norwich now? They're going to have to go on some run the last last few games to get over seventy four points. So I think I think seven will be enough. I think you're looking around there. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna go with that. If we can get to seventy five points, I think that's it. Because that was the mark last year. We needed to get. We didn't get it. Um. Yeah, seventy five points, and I think that'll get us to top four. I sound like Arsene Wenger, top four. Um. But yeah, it's it's got to be, it's got to be third or fourth for me. I can't be doing within a way leg, second leg. I can't be doing with that, you know. The, the the possibility of having to go somewhere like the Den or Carroll Road on a Tuesday night, I can't be asked for that. I can't, not not because of the journey, because I'll do the journey. I don't care where it's going to be Plymouth. I couldn't care. I'll go wherever it is. It's that sort of ground. The Den on a Tuesday night in the playoffs is going to be absolute hell, and I can't be bothered for that. So you know. Let's have that. Let's get that out of the way first. So you know, get get that top four secured. But yeah, a couple of changes for me. I'd get if Fry's fit, I'd get him back in because he dealt with Pookie really well um, down at Carroll Road. So it'll be that'd be one. And and I'm with I'm with Diggle. I'd give I'd give Hackney a rest. He's he's you know just just to fresh it over a bit. I'd get Bar I'd get Barlasser in. Um, Game in that midfield gets stuck in because it's going to be a physical game. It's what Wagner, it's what David Wagner does. He likes to make it physical. So, yeah, uh, right. Last bit. Um, Cuts. I'll start with you. Prediction Friday night. Uh, like I said, I think it's going to be a bit of a nervy affair, but I think it's going to be an open attacking game. I'm going to go for a two-one victory. Your number generator is broke. Um, you go. I think we need uh, four points would be good a good return from the two home games against Norwich and Hull. And 
I think Norwich is going to be the most difficult one because although they've only won one in the last six, they're away form and I had a look at it surprisingly good. They, they, they drew away to Sheffield United 2-2. Two, two. They beat Preston 4-0, Coventry 4-2, Millwall 3-2, um, Blackburn recently 2-0. So they are actually scoring goals and playing well away from home. So like I say, I, I'd, I'd happily take four points from Norwich and Hull. So I'll go... 1-1 Friday night. See, see how he built that up there, ready to say draw. As soon as he said four points from two home games, I knew what was coming. But go on, <laughs> wait, 1-1. One, one. John Dan? Um, uh, I'm going with the same score as John Cutler. 2-1 Middlesbrough. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make that a smooth hat-trick. 2-1 Butter. Um, I hate Norwich. I do. I hate them. Um, not not because the rivals and all that. I just, yeah, you 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 made me cry at Wembley. That's it. That's it. On the ball, city song, the worst song in football. That's why you should hear them. That's the worst chant in football. On the ball, city. Oh, yeah, yeah, that is terrible. To be fair, but we'll talk about that next week. We'll talk about that next next week before another double header. But right, that's it. Done. Easter's wrapped up. If you've got Easter eggs to finish. Finish them because you need all the energy you're going to get for the next five games. I've got loads to finish because I've had none yet. So I'm, I'm off to finish. I'm off to finish my patio. <laughs> yes, get your patio finished. And uh, gentlemen, thank you so much for popping on and, and saying hello. Um, John, Don, you're free to go to bed. Um, you, you look knackered, mate. Um, it's, it was a great weekend. Thank you so much for inviting me. It was superb. Thank you so much. Um, and thank you for organising it as well. No problem. Like I say, a few hours kept then back at work. Um, so, yeah, and now I'm, I'm I'm about to go make a drink and then catch up. Yes, absolutely. Join the club. But, um, yeah, you, you organised a great weekend, mate. Well done. And, um yeah, thank you for popping on. Thank you for listening. Thank you for liking, subscribing, coming in, getting in touch, getting involved. Um, we'll try and get as many of you on at the end of the season, whenever they, that may be. Um, whether it be for a playoff preview, whether it be for a promotion party. don't know. I want to get as many of you on as possible. And um, yeah, keep getting your views in. Keep getting your feedback in. It's lovely that you're, you're listening. I had a lot of people in Bristol randomly bump into me and say, love your podcast. I, I love that. I love that. And um, I, can't, I can't remember what I said because I was probably drunk. But yeah, it was, yeah, it's just nice. The feedback's lovely. And, um, you know, good or bad, keep it coming. And um, yeah, we'll chat again next uh, next week where we'll preview another two big games. Um, so for now, Arrivederci, up the butter. Be seeing you. Up the butter. Up the butter. Stay, stay strong, fellas. Come on, up the butter. Up the border.